Welcome to Crossroads, a podcast that explores the intersection of faith and Christian living. Crossroads is part of the media ministry at Fifth Avenue Presbyterian Church in New York City. Get to know us by visiting us online at fapc.org. Hi, I'm Jamie Staley, Director of Christian Education at Fifth Avenue Presbyterian Church. And I am here today with Jane Hong, who is a longtime member of Fifth Avenue Presbyterian Church, as well as rolling off soon as clerk of session. Um, you know, as I said, longtime member, I'm not entirely sure. How long have you been a member, Jane? <laughs> Let's see. I don't even know. I think I joined Fifth Avenue in Presbyterian Church in 2012, but don't quote me on that. That's pretty long. That's pretty long. I don't think anyone's going to check. Okay. <laughs> uh, the reason that um, I've invited Jane to join us today, um, she just uh, has been so wonderful over the pandemic um, with everything going on. And she has been instrumental in um, helping to get started our Fifth Avenue anti-racism response team. Um, and I really just wanted to talk with her today about that team, uh, where it has been, what it has been doing, and kind of where they are hoping to head in the future. So, Jane, can you just tell us a little bit about um, this Fifth Avenue Anti-Racism Response Team and, and where it came from and why we started this? Sure. Um, as we all know, I think the tw 2020 was such a, I'm going to use the word that everyone's using, unprecedented year. Um <laughs> At the start of the pandemic, when we locked down, I had just um, um, rolled onto the, I was just about to become clerk of session. And so I had realized that um, it was going to be an odd year. But as most people know, or thought in March, I thought it was a two month thing. <laughs> We'd be back in the summer, back yes. to our regular programming. And then obviously what we, we um, found out is that we would be stuck in our homes <laughs> if we were lucky enough for the next almost year and a half. Yep. Um, and what I think happened after that is that like our regular mode of distraction kind of disappeared mm -hmm. and all these national moments, right? The pandemic, the George Floyd killing was just in such um in the forefront of everything that we were doing. I mean, if I think back to that, I think it would have been about April, May of 2020. Um, it was like the one piece of news that everyone was paying attention to. Yeah. And so um, I remember around that time that a lot of the churches were trying to decide how they were going to respond. And um, as a lot of these things kind of tend to um, build up, there was a question of what was Fifth going to do? And mm -hmm. I think at the time, Scott had sent a congregational letter, um, Charlene Han Powell, um, former executive pastor, had um, done a very influential sermon around anti-racism um, and asking us as a congregation um, what we were going to do. And I think at the time that her questions just really hit home. I, I have them written down because it was something that um, resonated with me. It was, mm. you know, what is your hope for the church in the midst of this important historical moment? And what are some blind spots within our community in regards to race and racial inequality? 
and then finally, how can we be better? Hmm. Um, so those questions kind of sat in my brain for a while, and, and then I realized I am actually clerk of session now. <laughs> so um, I reached out to Scott and Charlene, and I said, how can I help? Hmm. I want to help um, start discussions. I know as as a church, we're not all in the same place on any of those questions. Yep. Um, and so I said, you know, what can we do? And so that was the start of some discussions around, should we do this the Presbyterian way? <laughs> create a committee, <laughs> create a task force. And I think we all realized at that point that we weren't quite ready. We didn't know what we were going to, what we were trying to solve. Mm -hmm. And I don't think we had any illusions that we were going to solve racism in like six months. Yeah. And so we said, let's just get a team together, mm -hmm. a response team around um, how we would even start talking about this, mm -hmm. how we would, what do we think the church wants to talk about, yeah. how they should talk about it. Um, and so... At, um, around summer of 2020, I think June of 2020, Charlene and Werner um, convened a, the response team, hmm. Art, um, to start talking about it. Um, yeah, so. Awesome. How many people are on that response team, um, or how many started on that response yeah. team? So in addition to Charlene and Werner um, and myself, um, there were four other members, um, Jay Matung, Nika Parker-Tung, Eric Daniels, and um, Salome Nufele from mm -hmm. the youth group. So it was a really nice mix of people who um, were passionate about anti-racism um, and passionate about the church, the Fifth Avenue Presbyterian Church community, and wanted to participate in discussions about where the church was and where we could go. Mm. I know last, actually, it was the beginning of this podcast, our first two podcasts. We talked about race um, with Hannah Bell and with Salome um, and then uh, and then parenting and, and racism. And um, that was how this podcast kind of got its start. That's right. The timing <laughs> just I, I, now that you say that, I remember that it kind of um, coincided quite nicely with the work that we started to do on art. Yeah. And I know your first big project um, for art uh, was Courageous Conversations. And I, I, my guess is that a lot of people who listen to this podcast will have been a part of that, which is fantastic. And I'm excited that so many people in our congregation participated um, in that. But can you just tell us a little bit about what was Courageous Conversations and why why did we go that route with how we were going to talk about anti-racism? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I, when we started the team, I don't think we thought that that's where we would end up. But at the time, there were a lot of organizations coming out with curriculums. It was like curriculum galore, <laughs> like um, corporate institutions, churches, um, educational institutions. I mean, like anywhere you turn, there was someone posting some curriculum around anti-racism. Yeah. Um, and so we looked at the abundance of, of stuff out there and we said, okay, we could just use that, right? But then as we started talking, we started more from the place of where are we as individuals? Like, how are we impacted by racism, anti-racism, et cetera? And um, we actually spent like the first two months being open with each other, mm -hmm. right? Um, sharing things that we hadn't, some of us hadn't shared with other members of church. Oh, wow. 
um, um, you know, the, uh, I think it was Nika who uh, introduced us to the concept of courageous conversations. It's something that she was um, instrumental in bringing to her school. Um, mm. She's a principal in a New York City um, school, public school. And so they had um, done a bunch of stuff around questions like, when, what is your first memory of race? Mm. Um, what, um, what are some of the other questions? Things like, um, how did you learn about racism? Mm. And so as we were doing that work ourselves and sharing that with ourselves, we realized that the, the stuff that makes it real is the personal mm. connection and the relationship and hearing yeah. it from someone that we know. Mm -hmm. um, and so we started to go down that route and we shaped um, a curriculum that wasn't going to last forever. It wasn't around one book in particular, but we really wanted to lead with the personal, um, but also tie it to the historical church because mm -hmm. some of that um, racism work is embedded in the way we grew up in our respective churches. Yeah. Right? Whether it was not acknowledged at all, was entirely you know embedded in the church that we were mm. in i mean for instance i grew up in an ethnic church i grew up in a second generation korean immigrant church and so my view of um worship is actually very deeply embedded in my background and ethnicity mm -hmm. um, and in fact moving to fifth avenue presbyterian church was um, eye-opening for me yeah it was there were very different modes of worship and I mean in some ways I think of it as a grown-up church <laughs> I came from a baby church and I came and then I came to a grown-up church um, but for me to even acknowledge that statement or recognize it was mm -hmm. part of the work we did um, so it was um, really meaningful anyway so we started pulling a lot of the questions that we had together and we really structured it around um, study Mm. Right. So um, we reached out to all the community group leaders and asked them if they wanted to participate. We did, ran a session with them, which was amazing for mm. us. Um, and they were really curious and mm. willing to have those conversations with us. That's awesome. Yeah. Very cool. Um, and then the other thing that we did with this to sort of help um, seed conversations is mm -hmm. put out a series I mean off the back end of the podcast that you did we did a series of videos toward the end of 2020 um, where we asked um, a few members of our church to share I think you, you were one yeah, of the videos that's right <laughs> <laughs> and so was I um, and I think the, the other two were um, Jessica Carmona and Eric Daniels mm. in which they shared um, some of the questions that we talked about in the curriculum you know when did you first recognize your race? Mm -hmm. um, and then finally, we the, the question that we kind of centered ourselves in is, what does the kingdom of God here on earth mean mm. to you? Because um, we thought that um, how we treat each other mm. is rooted in, in our Christian values. And yeah. so we just wanted to understand what people thought about that statement. Mm. You know, I I really enjoyed my community group that did courageous conversations. We we had some great conversations, yeah. <laughs> um, great. and it was it was really wonderful to have it be people we knew, um, 
because you're right. It's the relationships. When you have relationships with people, it really sinks in a lot deeper than just reading a book right. or um, or something along those lines. Um, have you gotten other feedback from from people as far as um, as what they enjoyed from it? Yeah, I think for some, the um, we made sure to put in a lot of um, content around the church, and I think that was useful for people to hear. Um, that a lot of people learned a lot of stuff. Which, yeah, good. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, things that, um, like redlining, for mm. instance, that some people may or may not have heard of. Yeah. Right. I mean, I think, you know, we're not going to change people's minds around sort of the the buzzwords that get caught up in yeah. a lot of um, sort of the abrasive political discourse that we mm-hmm. see. Right. Um, so you know, we don't touch things like. Um, or not explicitly anyway, um, things like um, critical race theory or whatever. I mean, obviously there's like a whole (laughs) layer on top of that, but Mm -hmm. I think underneath it all, we we did want to say that um, systems of racism are embedded, whether we realize it or not, in every aspect, including Christianity. And so um, a, a lot of people were, um, very interested to read some of the articles around that um, and how they, they, they've they kind of imbued it, it in their life without realizing that they have, mm. right? Mm. Um, you know, whether they grew up in Southern churches or whatever that might be. Yeah. Um, I think the conversations, as you said, were really the most meaningful part of it for everyone, or at least the feedback that I got. Um, they either hadn't realize something about that for someone Mm. um, in their group because it sort of hasn't come up in the course of meeting. I mean, like if if you kind of don't force that conversation, it's sometimes hard to bring up. Right. Right. Um, And not to say that we were forcing it, but we encouraged it. It's not the small talk on a Sunday after worship kind of a conversation. Right. Exactly. (laughs) I mean, it's, it's so funny. We did the whole thing over zoom. If you think about it, we were all doing this at the height of the pandemic early this year, because we rolled it out in January of 2021. Mm. And there was something weirdly intimate about having to do that curriculum like sort of face to face but still in in the safety of your own home mm. I don't know yeah. like oh, I haven't I think about yeah, that I hadn't thought about it till <laughs> I just said it but it I think it kind of helps yeah I wonder yeah hmm <laughs> I wonder if it'd be different I mean it was it would be different if we tried to do it in person I'll bet yeah, I mean, I don't know how folks, community groups tend to go, but sometimes you get easily distracted when you're... Yes. <laughs> I get easily asking. distracted. <laughs> I don't go pick up a snack, come back yes. into the room, not totally pay attention. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I wonder if that really helped. <laughs> Probably did. <laughs> so there were a number of community, existing community groups that wanted to do it, mm-hmm. and then we thought there was extra interest so Warner had suggested we create pop-up community groups and so that's been really successful too so we've created a number of smaller groups you know officer oriented etc to cover the curriculum and um, I ran one of the pop-up groups and we've continued to meet even after the the curriculum ended so it's been great. Yeah, that's what I found. Um, I um, I do a Wednesday morning Bible study with 
with some women and they have continued to want to talk about it after we were done. So now we do, um, we talk about anti-racism on the first Wednesday of every month, (laughs) but that's what I've, um, my experience has been since we've finished courageous conversations is that people want more. They want to continue the conversation. You know, we're, we're doing, um, a book group right now on the book cast and people have been really interested in kind of continuing these conversations. Like you said, with your group. And I know that session last month, um, chartered i don't what's the what's the (laughs) verb for that put together a charter accepted a charter commissioned i don't know know. um but yes yes. (laughs) so we've graduated (laughs) is how i like to put it i think after the work we put in um we debriefed with scott and he um really appreciated all the work that was done and the thought that was put into Mm -hmm. it and so um he uh, with the help of Erica Moffat, who's now the clerk of session, um, proposed a charter that was accepted by the session, um, formalizing sort of the mission mm. of art, um, making us not just the response team, but now actually <laughs> a committee. <laughs> yeah. So what does that charter, what does that mean? What does it kind of say? What does that do differently than it has been? Um, so now I think we have a true mission statement, which I'm going to try to read to you now. Um, The anti-racism response team exists to promote anti-racism practices, rhetoric, and attitudes um, in the DNA of Fifth Avenue Presbyterian Church. In doing this, the team discusses challenging issues, writes curriculum, sponsors adult education events, celebrates faithful efforts, works on special projects, and makes recommendations to the session of the church and its leaders, the clerk and the moderator, in regard to policy, protocols, and activities. Um, So it's now set up as a a regular um, committee reporting to the session where we will have um, sort of real recommendations to make to the session around things that we're doing well and things that we're not doing well. Um, The the special projects mentioned here is something around... um, our own church archives and what information we may or may not have about slaves as members um, in Fifth Avenue's Presbyterian Church's uh, history Mm -hmm. um, still to be seen. There's a lot of (laughs) stuff there. So we'll be working with um, Dale Hansen, who's the archivist. Um, So I'm really excited about some of the stuff that's going to come out of there. Um, Mm. It might not be... um, information that everyone's ready to recognize but I mean we're seeing this across the nation right is that as people look into their history it's not always the good stuff right the pretty stuff but that's sort of life right like the complexity of history actually affects the downstream stuff yeah yeah, that sounds like an amazing project. And working with Dale is mm-hmm. going to be great because he he knows those, those archives in and out, you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So aside from that archive project, is there any other um, projects upcoming or what? Um, I guess my next question really is, uh, what is what is the team's hope for, you know, the next year as far as yeah, other projects? I mean, we're still or... a little bit early days. I mm-hmm. mean, I think what we would try to I, we know not everyone did the, the curriculum mm-hmm. the first mm-hmm. time around. So I think we're going to try to do another round oh, cool. for okay. people who haven't done that think through maybe you know sort of anti-racism one like 201 <laughs> we did 101 and now move on to 201 um for instance the, some of the stuff that our my community group continued to do um was we sort of did a group watch of um 
the PBS, the Henry Louis Gates, the Black Church. Oh, awesome. And then have discussion around that. Um, we read, we're reading right now, for instance, Heather McGee's The Sum of Us. All right. So like just, it's been churning in people's heads. So mm-hmm. they're seeking out mm-hmm. um, things to do because, um, you know, even without a written curriculum, yeah. I think there's a lot to learn. Um, yeah. So I, um, we're going to try to put a framework together about like, you know, how often do we run these curriculum, curricula, I should mm-hmm. say, um, what kind of events do we want to do around it? Um, what are our suggestions to the session on sort of maintaining anti-racism practices and, mm. you know, what are the challenges that we have ahead of yeah. us? So some sort of regular reporting back to the session to ensure that that's something that we think about and care about. Mm. Um, yeah. I mean, like anti-racism as a word, it took us a while to get to, mm. um, even on our committee. Cause mm. I think we, most of us knew of it or at least thought of ourselves as, as not racist. Right. But the sort of, to make that leap, leap into anti-racism, like we had a lot of discussion on what that actually meant. Yeah. Um, and even to say you're not racist, it's like, probably not, but who knows, right? <laughs> like, because it's, you do things without thinking about yeah. it and what you were acculturated to. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, to take the step to think, okay, well, let me just check my filter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, I know that um, the people whose groups I'm in um, that have been wanted to continue these conversations and probably your group as well, the question is always, okay, we've read a lot. Now what can we do? You know, (laughs) how would you answer that question as far as, you know, people feeling antsy about that they're not doing enough or, you know. You know, I think there's spheres of influence that you have. Um, I think we were very clear at the beginning that we would – focus on Fifth Avenue Presbyterian Church um, to just, I think in this chart mission statement for the charter, it says something like have it sort of embedded in the DNA mm. of Fifth Avenue Presbyterian Church. And I think it's very easy for people to not think about it mm. or completely to the extreme is like only think about quotas. Mm. And that's not the point of either of this. But I do yeah. think it's to be thoughtful about the people sitting around the committee tables, the people yeah. in the officer um, groups, um, the so that's the sort of the smaller piece, the mm-hmm. immediate sphere of influence of Fifth Avenue Presbyterian Church is sort of just start the dialogue around it, start to set some of the framework, start to think about, you know, what Fifth is going to be responsible for, and mm-hmm. then I think the larger. What I think we were hoping is that with the tools that you get here, mm-hmm. right, either having the discussion, the ability to parse through some of the, um, I mean, I guess what I'm trying to say is that what we're hoping is that people have the practice of talking about all of this with grace, mm-hmm. right, and mm-hmm. not immediately latching on to sort of the, the um, adversarial parts of this. Mm-hmm we're all part of other communities too, right? Mm -hmm. And our school community, where our kids go, 
and um, you know what policies are we going to champion as, as parents of school age children mm-hmm. at work right we've seen diversity and inclusion initiatives either go well or go badly yeah but what are the hiring decisions that you make as a manager in mm-hmm. your own work life? What are, um, how are you supporting people on your team mm-hmm. um, in times of um, unrest or um, hardship? Um, I mean, we're all coming back from a pandemic from very different mm-hmm. places, you know, thinking through some of the um, questions that you've now been trained to mm. think through, I hope, through these courageous conversations. Just to have that lens, yeah. I think, is powerful. Um, so I don't have a great answer in terms that of... That was a acti- great answer. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, at, you know, it's, it's, it's not like we're all activists and we're all going to march to Washington <laughs> <laughs> next week. Um, but I, I think we are, as I said, when we were talking about the videos, it's, it, you know, the question that we asked is, what does it mean to be part of the kingdom of God here on earth. And for me, mm-hmm. I'll answer personally, is that um, it is to recognize the humanity of everyone around me. Mm-hmm. And um, sometimes that's to recognize the pain that they see mm-hmm. from systems of racism or oppression. Yeah. Um, and, you know, not to like impose my own beliefs on that necessarily but to accept everyone sort of where they're at Mm. yeah Mm. Um, so that but but that's something that I learned in discussions with both my small group and the response team art so really it was about the conversation which is exactly what which is exactly what you know the whole point of courageous conversations was um to learn those types of things from each other and and really get a broader understanding of where we are yeah yeah, I mean, I'm seeing that in my small group is that um, I hope they appreciate me um, <laughs> sharing all this is that people bring questions from their day to day live life mm. to the group and say things like, I have a friend who's dealing with this. How do I approach it? Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. You know, like um, I mean, we talk a little bit about folks in our lives who disagree with us on mm these questions and issues yeah. yeah and how do you approach those conversations with grace right I mean I think that's the hard part mm. yeah <laughs> and but we hopefully have modeled for each other ways to have those hard conversations yeah. without denigrating their own opinion yeah absolutely yeah. um is there anything else that you would like people to know about the anti-racism response team or I mean if you're if you were not able to partake in the curriculum last year let us know I think we can spin up a few um, community groups to get folks going on that one Um, we're hoping to have some updates for January of next year Um, but yeah just keep a lookout I'm sure there will be tons of announcements as we start Um, we took a little of the hiatus this summer (laughs) Absolutely understandable. <laughs> so, um, but we're going to ramp back up. So awesome. as more stuff comes out about the special project and everything that will start to be advertised. All right. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining me today. Um, I know so many people have had uh, all sorts of, you know, questions about where are we going with this? So this has been really great. And I hope um, this will, people will be excited about what is to come next with um, the anti-racism response team. 
All right. Thank you. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to Crossroads. Managing editor, Jamie Staley. And editors, Vashina Brisbane, Kelly Pacayo, and Emily Dombrow.